1: Bonjour, Mesdames et Messieurs. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Bienvenue à la conférence téléphonique sur les résultats financiers du premier trimestre de, double, de 2021 de WSP. Welcome to WSP's 2021 First Quarter Results Conference Call. I would now like to turn the meeting over to Quentin Weber, Investor Relations. A vous la parole. Please go ahead, Mr. Weber.
2: Good morning. We hope that you're all safe and doing well. Thank you for taking the time to join the call, during which we will be discussing our 2021 Q1 performance, followed by a Q&A session. With us today are Alexandre Lerux, our President and CEO, and Alain Michaud, our CFO. Please note that this call is also accessible on our website via webcast. During the call, we will be making some forward-looking statements and actual results could be different from those expressed or implied. Unless legislation requires us to do so, we do not take any responsibility to update or revise forward-looking information, even if new information becomes available. Relevant factors that could cause actual results to differ materially from those forward-looking statements are listed in our most recent management discussion and analysis. Also, during the call, we may refer to certain non-IFRS measures. These measures are defined in our management discussion and analysis of the first quarter of 2021, which can be found on SEDAR and our website. Our MD&A also includes reconciliations of non-IFRS measures to the most directly comparable IFRS measures. Management believes that these non-IFRS measures provide useful information to investors regarding the corporation's financial condition and the results of operations as they provide additional key metrics of its performance. These non-IFRS measures are not recognized under IFRS, do not have any standardized meaning prescribed under IFRS and may differ from similarly named measures as reported by other issuers and accordingly may not be comparable. These measures should not be viewed as a substitute for the related financial information prepared in accordance with IFRS. With that, I will now turn the call over to Alexandre. Thank you, Quentin,
3: and good morning, everyone. Uh, I'm very pleased with our performance in the first quarter of 2021. And before going any further, uh, I would like to highlight the following three points. First, net revenues for the quarter were aligned to expectations. For comparison purposes, if we exclude the impact of two less billable days in the quarter than the corresponding period in 2020, organic contraction would have stood at 2.2%. With our healthy backlog and strong project pipeline, we anticipate a return to organic growth for Q2. Second, even though we started the year with a reduced headcount, we managed to keep our productivity levels high, allowing us to deliver an improved margin profile. And third, the quarter delivered a very rob- robust cash flow profile exceeding our expectations. This can only be characterized as a solid start of the year, which is attributable to the action taking in 2020, so WSP could come out of this pandemic in an equally strong, if not stronger, position. I would like now to turn to how we exemplify this resilience as an organization since the onset of 2021. Although some of our offices have started to reopen in accordance with government directives and regional guidelines on capacity, most of our workforce continues to work remotely. We continue to monitor the situation closely across each region, and most recently with specific attention to our operation in India, which is currently battling a difficult second wave. With the uh, fluidity of the COVID-19 environment, we do expect to see an increase in office utilization by the end of summer for the regions where vaccinations have been widely administered. Separately, just a little over a month ago, we took a major step towards the realization of our 2019-2021 strategic ambitions, including the significant diversification of our platform with the closing of the Golder acquisition. This transaction has allowed us to add another transformative milestone to our history as a global workforce of 54,000 employees uh, and have embarked on our collective journey as the leading global environmental consulting firm in the industry, led by a contingent of 14,000 environmental experts dedicated to advance the world's green transition. Since the announcement back in December, we have been eager to start collaborating in order to win work. WSP and Golders leadership teams have been working together since the beginning of the year to build the foundation necessary to ensure uh, that once we close the transaction, we would be in a position to unlock the full potential of our increased scale and broader deeper range of solutions to tackle key environmental and ESG challenges around the world. We are already seeing the benefits of our combined forces. Today, I am pleased to report that we currently have over 150 opportunities which we are pursuing together in addition to 22 project awards in seven countries from recently initiated collaborations. As can be ex- expected this early on, most of these collaborations have occurred across our earth and environment teams. As we progress through integration, we expect revenue synergies in our transportation infrastructure and property and buildings and market to grow as a new large project uh, kickoff. Goldr has also seen a good start to the year in Q1 delivering as expected. We are cautiously optimistic that Golder will deliver better results in twenty twenty one than what was initially communicated. This positive start reaffirms our expectation that the addition of Golder will contribute to both strategic growth and value creation for many years to come as the leading global environmental consulting firm now more than ever before, our experts are ideally ideally i'm sorry. Position to advise our clients on their own transition to a low-carbon economy. As for our own operations, on April 20th, we announced ambitious uh, climate action through a commitment to achieve net-zero emissions across WSP's value chain by 2040. To support this achievement, we set science-based greenhouse ga- ga- gas emissions reduction targets Approved by the Science Based Targets Initiatives, the SBTI. These commitments supersede our previous targets, increasing the level of our ambitions and further aligning WSP with the most ambitious aim of the Paris Agreement, which is to limit global temperature rise to 1.5 degrees Celsius. Through our net zero commitment, we also joined the race to zero, which brings together a coalition of leading net zero initiatives with an objective to build momentum around the shift to a decarbonized economy ahead of the 26th UN Climate Change Conference of the Parties taking place this November. We are pleased to join organizations across the world in leading the way on urgently tackling climate change with our Future Ready approach at the center of this support. Not only are our experts well-equipped to understand and adapt to the world's changing needs by advising on and delivering sustainable and resilient solutions, but our operational excellence creates now more than ever momentum around the decarbonization of the built environment. To close the loop on M&A activity since the announcement of Golden December, we completed three other strategic acquisitions, adding 500 people to our U.S. Uh, operations. KW Mission Critical Engineering, TK1SC, and IRCON have brought new client relationship, market leading positions, and an increased geographic footprint in the United States. More specifically, KW Mission Critical Engineering, with its uh, 175 employees, expands our building sector capabilities in the high-growth data center, healthcare, and science and technology markets in the United States, while also significantly increasing our presence on the West Coast. TK1SC, a leading 240-employee mechanical, electrical, and plumbing engineering firm based in Irvine, California, also reinforce our U.S. property and building business in the healthcare, science, and technology markets. We have been committed to growing these complex markets for several years, resulting in our position as the largest engineering firm in the States serving healthcare clients and the second-largest in laboratory facilities. Adding PK1SC solidifies our leadership in both these markets, while adding KW Mission Critical will place us in the top five engineering firms serving data center clients. Lastly, Hert Consulting Group, referred to as ERTCON, strengthen our capabilities in strategic environmental engineering and consulting services, whilst uh, further expanding our geographic presence in southeastern United States. Our clients will now have access to Erdcon's proprietary groundwater plume analytics tools, which process simple or complex numerical data sets, helping government agencies and industrial clients to better understand groundwater plume behavior. We also recently announced the acquisition of B+B, based in Zurich, Switzerland, with additional offices across the country. This 100th employee engineering and consulting firm primarily offers project and construction management and cost management services to both public and private sector clients, increasing our strategic advisory services expertise and presence in Switzerland. Having partnered on numerous bids and successful projects over the years, we are confident that our complementary offering and competencies in the property and buildings and industry sectors will allow our now 150 employee workforce in use in Switzerland to better serve our clients while favorably positioning WSP to access a wider client base across an expanded national footprint. Now that we have covered the increased diversification to our platform, I would like to turn to the increased diversification of our capital structure with the closing of our inaugural bond offering of 500 million senior unsecured notes in April. The strong investment grade credit rating obtained through this offering is another indication of the resilience of our organization has demonstrated during this challenging landscape. Overall, we strongly believe that WSP has the most diversified platform in the industry. I would now like to highlight a few of the major wins during Q1, starting with the reconstruction of the I-80 in Illinois United States as part of a 16-mile corridor-wide reconstruction to provide an improved transportation system. This project will improve regional and local traffic flow, improve roadway conditions, improve bridge crossings, and ultimately improve safety for all users. Moving to the United Kingdom, we are increasing our involvement on High Speed 2 with the new scope of work delivering Category 3 checks for the Phase 1 Northern section. The scope covers 7 vi- vi- viaducts, 22 bridges, 2 flyovers, 14 culverts, vari- various cutting and embankments, and retaining structures, uh, and the Bromford uh, uh, Tunnel. In summary, I am very pleased with uh, our start to the year. We continue to demonstrate the resilience of our organization as we remain true to, the guiding print, to our guiding principles, while not only attaining significant milestones in WSP's history, but also delivering strong results in an incredibly challenging and ever-changing environment. Alain will now review our financial results in more detail. Alain, over to you.
4: Thanks, Alex, and good morning, everyone. I'm pleased to report on our results for the quarter. We're off to a good start for 2021 with strong fundamentals on our key metrics across the organization. Starting with our top line, for the first quarter, we're reporting revenues and net revenues of $2.1 billion and $1.7 billion. These results are in line with our expectations, considering our reduced workforce versus last year. In addition, the impact of having two less billable days in the first quarter of 2021 versus the first quarter of 2020 explains approximately half of the organic contraction of 4.5% that we've experienced in Q1. Adjusted for the number of billable days to bring everything on a like-to-like basis and considering acquisition growth, net revenues were essentially flat compared to Q1 2020, which was, for the most part, a non-COVID quarter. Moving to profitability, adjusted EBITDA for the quarter was $241 million, up 10.3% compared to $218 million in 2020. Adjusted EBITDA margin for Q1 2021 increased to 14.4% compared to 12.6% in 2020. The significant improvement in EBITDA margin is mainly attributable to improved productivity across the regions resulting from better utilization. During the first quarter of 2021, WSP received government subsidies totaling $8.1 million, which were offset by additional employee compensation, thereby bearing no impact on adjusted EBITDA. Our adjusted net earning for Q1 2021 was 94 million or 83 cents per share, up 31 million compared to Q1 2020. The increase in these metrics is mainly attributable to higher adjusted EBITDA and lower interest expense. I'd like to bring to your attention the amendment made to our definition of adjusted net earnings effective January 1st, 2021, which now also excludes amortization of intangible assets related to acquisition. This is especially relevant given the impact of the Golder transaction. Under the previous definition, adjusted net earnings for Q1 2021 would have been 84 million dollars or 74 cents per share, which is above current market consensus of 59 cents per share. Moving on to our cash position, cash inflows from operating activities for Q1 2021 amounted to 163 million compared to 3 million in 2020. On a free cash flow basis, we generated 85 million dollars in Q1 2020 compared to negative free cash flow of $90 million in 2020. The significant improvement is explained by our team's sustained focus on cash management. For the trailing 12 months ended March 2021, free cash flow amounted to $911 million, representing 2.6 times our net earnings. Day sales outstanding or DSO at the end of March 2021 stood at a very good level of 68 days compared to 77 days at the end of March 2020. As of the end of Q1, our balance sheet remains strong with a net debt position of $182 million and a net debt to adjusted EBITDA ratio of 0.2. Of interest, following the closing of the Golder acquisition early April, net debt to adjusted EBITDA ratio is approximately 1.2. To build on Alex's commentary, we're very proud of our successful inaugural seven-year bond issuance of $500 million which has received solid demand from investors. The strong investment grade rating issued concurrently with the offering is further indication of the strain of our resilient and diversified platform. The objective of this offering was to diversify our debt structure, extend our average maturity, and benefit from attractive interest rate. During the quarter, we also declare a dividend of 37.5 cents per share for shareholders on record as of March 31, 2021, which was paid on April 15, 2021. With a 40, 49.1% DRIP participation, the net cash outlay was $21.7 million. As we now look ahead, we anticipate a gradual return into growth territory and expect to report low single-digit organic growth for Q2. Overall, our backlog is LT and our pipeline continues to show strong momentum which gives us confidence in our growth objective for the rest of the year. That being said, while we, have seen, while we have been seeing the positive trends across our region, we remain vigilant on the uncertainty brought forward by the fluidity of this pandemic landscape. Lastly, for modeling purposes, we anticipate the quarterly amortization of intangible assets related to acquisition to be in the $20 to $25 million range. Additionally, as we closed the private placement related to the Golder acquisition, we, issue, we issued an aggregate of approximately 3.3 million additional common shares on April 7, which will affect per share metrics calculation and bringing our total common shares outstanding to approximately 117.3 million. This concludes my remark on that. Back to you, Alex. Thank you, Alain.
3: Starting the year with a 5.8% reduction in headcount and two less billable days, we were nonetheless able to keep our productivity level high, allowing us to deliver strong margin. Lastly, giving our performance to date, our strong balance sheet, the positive momentum in our key markets with high levels of proposal activity, a strong project pipeline, in addition to increased infrastructure spend around the globe, supported by substantial monetary and fiscal policy stimulus, we are cautiously optimistic that we will return to growth in Q2 and are therefore reiterating our outlook. This, uh, overall, we believe this position us favorably to achieve our 2019 2021 strategic ambitions, notwithstanding these unprecedented times. I would now like to open the line for questions.
1: If you would like to ask a question, please press star followed by the number one on your telephone keypad. Si vous poser une question, sur la du sur votre téléphone. Please stand by while we compile the Q&A roster. Your first question comes from the line of Jacob Bouts of CIBC. Please go ahead. Your line is open.
3: Hi, good morning. Hello, Jacob. Um,
5: the, uh, the rapid rise in material costs uh, that we've seen, um, is this impacting your, your client behavior? And, and you know, are you seeing any, uh, you know, clients looking to push out or, or modify to- time your projects?
3: No uh I, i'd say that uh you know and and, and i think this is uh, you know, when you look at our productivity levels in the first quarter uh i think it's it's the testament that our people are quite busy at the moment uh and uh proposal activity level is, is strong um we have now you know seen uh, we have a good hard backlog we see our soft backlog going up so i think all in all i i, I don't see um, any trends to push, uh, later in the, in the year, uh, the work, uh, essentially.
5: Okay. And then how about, uh, labor cost inflation? Um, are you seeing any of that and, and are you baking any of that into your, uh, guidance for the year?
3: Look, uh, of course this is, uh, I know that we haven't talked about inflation in, in a long, long time. And, uh, of course, uh, you know, it's something that we're going to be monitoring uh, in the future. But as of now, uh, of course, I think our our biggest focus right now is to recruit and recruit talent and and really make sure that uh, we get to the, you know, the level of headcount that we need to to get to, to deliver the year and essentially translate this backlog into revenue. I think that's our primarily focus, but haven't seen just yet, you know, you know a significant change in in wages for instance uh i think it's probably early uh to to make a statement like that okay
5: last question here mm-hmm. just on your comments on your in the m d and a talking about the proposal activity high across the business mm-hmm. um, you know are things uh are things ramping as you move through q two and and uh you know ramping uh q two versus q one i guess
3: well generally speaking, Jacob, as you know, our our first quarter is typically uh uh you know in in relative terms the the you know uh and, and as a proportion to the total profit that we will be generating in any given year, uh the smallest uh quarter of, of the four. So indeed, uh said the way you asked the question, you know, I expect Q2 to, to ramp up, but we expect a return to organic growth. Uh, and typically, Q3 and Q4 are our busiest quarters. So, fingers crossed, uh, it's still early in the year. But looking at the trajectory, looking at our backlog, looking at our uh, proposal activity level, I think we're, we're feeling good about the start of the year
5: at the moment. Is ramps tied to vaccination rates?
3: Not really. Not really, I think. you know, to, Like any given year, as I stated before. Uh, of course, uh, vaccination is helpful <laughs> and, and of course, uh, we are seeing the end uh, the light at the end of the tunnel, uh, but you know the ramp up is is, is not tied to that. I think we 've seen a good uh, level of pro- proposal activity uh, throughout uh, the, the second part of last year and and early in June, so we 're feeling good about that,
5: Okay. thank you very much
3: Thank you.
1: Your next question comes from Jean-François Lavoie of Desjardins Capital Markets. Please go ahead. Your line is open.
2: Yes.
6: Good morning, and congrats for the strong Q1 results. So I appreciate Thank, you, the color you prov- Thank you. So I appreciate the color you provided about the cross-selling opportunities between your legacy business and Goldor, But I was just wondering. I know it's still early in the integration pro- process, but I was just wondering if you could t- talk or quantify the potential um, revenue synergies that could be extracted from this uh, transformative acquisition.
3: Yeah, I mean, Jean-François, this, this is a very hard one to answer. It's it's, it's quite hard uh, to predict to predict uh, the synergistic benefits of a deal and, and moreover, uh you need to combine that with uh, you know supply demand dynamics in the marketplace you need to uh, also look at uh, you know uh, the client base and try to determine uh the growth that this client base will want to give you so, so i think it's it's almost impossible to quantify uh the the revenue uh, synergies having said all that uh, in the coming quarters I will try to Provide you with some color and anecdotal evidence that uh, you know this deal is is a great deal for for the company. A bit like we've done in any of our previous deals in the past, I think to provide you with a bit of color uh, and and win and, and 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 you know give you a few examples on our on our wins uh, together. I think will will give you perhaps a flavor for. Uh, what this deal uh, means for for WSP, but uh, without a doubt, uh, you know, with, I mean, we're currently right now pursuing 150 opportunities together, um, and we're we're feeling good already that the team and it's early days. Obviously, we close in March. Uh, it's early days, but we're you know I I feel uh, uh, that the, the both teams are, are quite positive around the prospect of winning together.
6: Thank you very much for uh, for for these uh, tidbits. Very helpful. And then shifting to uh, m and you have been you continue to be very active with Duckin's acquisition, especially in the U.S. So I was just wondering if you, you see further opportunities in the uh, in the country as you uh, ahead of the potential U.S. infrastructure bill that might be coming up uh, later this year.
3: Yeah. Again, it's, it's it's hard to time acquisition. I think I've said it a, a number of occasions in the past. It's Very hard but uh, we remain very active uh, uh, since uh, the announcement of, of Golder. and will continue to be uh, in the right circumstances. Uh, of course, I'd like to do more. This is part of our DNA uh, and I see some opportunities to do more so uh, we'll see how things will, will pan out. Um, But certainly looking at at the strength of our balance sheet and and the start of the year, um, if there are some opportunities for us uh, to do more tuck-ins, we we will for sure.
6: Thank you very much, congrats again.
3: Thank you.
1: Your next question comes from Sabahat Khan of RBC Capital Markets. Please go ahead, your line is open. Sabahat Khan of RBC Capital Markets. Your line is open. Your next question comes from Chris Murray of ATB Capital Markets. Your line is open.
7: Thanks, folks. Good morning.
1: Um, I was wondering if
7: you could touch a little bit on um, what you're seeing in the buildings market. I know um, as we went through last year, there was a lot of disruption and, and thoughts around you know, what um, what proponents might be wanting to do. And I'm just wondering if you've seen maybe a change in tone as we're maybe getting closer to the end of the pandemic.
3: Yeah, well, I've I've been quite vocal about this last year, Chris, that, uh, you know, there was a, a general, I felt people were concluding a bit too quickly on the state and the health of the property and, and building markets. Uh, I feel that people were putting property and building market and, and actually any subsector and all of the subsector in one basket. Of course, aviation has been more challenging, of course, the commercial real estate has been more challenging, and we have seen a, a hiatus on, on this uh, over the course of the last 12 months. But then you look at our mission critical work data center, IE data center and the acquisition that we completed, you look at the healthcare sector. Actually, they, these are booming, uh, and we are doing uh, extremely well. And uh, We see a, a lot of growth in those markets, so so uh, it's certainly a, a very important market to us, and we will we'll continue to strive and, and continue to grow this market. I see uh, tremendous opportunities in the market, and and I think I also see um, tremendous opportunity in the commercial real estate sector as well for us to. Rethink and reinvent, uh, you know, uh, the way of working in the future, and perhaps to um, uh, rethink uh, and, and, you know, and, and perhaps the use of some of those commercial real estate uh, buildings are 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 essentially, uh, you know, if we were to see uh, people moving more uh, towards an environment where they work remotely, uh, those buildings are not going to be uh, teared down. What those buildings are going to be used for is is to be seen, but I can assure you that uh, they will be reutilized for, for for other uh, for other purposes, and that's where WSP can be of, of tremendous help and and and, and assist and reshaping the the cities of tomorrow. And that's why you know I'm I'm not uh, as negative as some may have been in the past, and and to the contrary, in the years to come, uh, I see some opportunities in that sector.
7: Okay. Um, just you, you mentioned your your strong product pipeline. Have you have you seen any any new projects? Either call it restart or or new projects um, come to come to the come to that pipeline. Look,
3: I I I, I have to admit that I I was quite surprised uh, by the level of proposal activity uh, in the UK, for instance. Of course, uh, we all know that going all the way back to end of 2019, with the, uh, uh, an election, uh, the Brexit, the pandemic, uh, you know, I was uh, looking at the you know during H2 last year, I saw some you know an increased level of proposal activity, and was really wondering if this was uh, there to last and. And looking into Q1, I think it's fair to say that uh, it's been very active. Equally in the U.S. and even Canada. I mean, we haven't touched base on Canada today, but uh, Canada has done uh, very well in the quarter, and our team should be commended for for the good start uh, in Canada. And again, yet again, in Canada, we do see a very active uh, proposal uh, activity level. So, so that. You know, of course, I'm cautious, uh, but I think this bodes well for the future.
7: Okay, uh, that's helpful. Thank you. And then, just turning maybe to the uh, the margin of the quarter. Um, just thinking about, you know, you, you mentioned utilization, but I'm trying to maybe um, frame this in the in the context of, you know, is it work that's been coming faster than you can actually staff up, or is it just, you know, maybe a, something that coming from the way that you've may have been working with restructuring the business. Um, over the past year as we've gone through this and then thoughts around, um, you know, whether or not that kind of margin performance being driven by utilization, um, you know, how far can you get on that um, if you really do get back to call it maybe mid to higher single digit organic growth levels?
3: Hmm. Look, um, these are all great observation and great question, Chris. Um, if you look into, uh, if you look at our MDNA and, and do the math on, you know, our reduced workforce and the work that we did uh, in 2020 to streamline the business and, and get ready for, you know, as I said, to set the business up for future success, and you compare this to our, uh, uh, you know, reduced organic growth or reduction in our negative organic growth, and you add to that, you know, the, the, the two less billable days. Uh, of course, there's a limit to what you can do in utilization. Uh, I think we, we, we run really a, a really tight ship right now. And what I said in Q4 is I am not worried about the backlog right now. Uh, what I am uh, focused on and where the team is focused on is really to uh, get people uh, to join WSP and that's that's the focus. Uh, if we want to be able to deliver the backlog and deliver the growth, we, we need to hire people it's a great problem to have, uh, so as I stated before, I'm not concerned about the work. Uh, what I want is to make sure that the team is focused on hiring and getting people uh, in the door so that we can deliver in time and on budget. So, so it's, a, it's a, a bit of a, a different problem, a good problem to have than, than perhaps what we had seen uh, at the end of uh, the last crisis where the work was, you know, the backlog leg had dried up essentially.
7: Yeah. All right, thank you very
3: much for your time. Thank you.
1: Your next question comes from Michael Trefon of TD Securities. Your line is open.
8: Thank you. Good morning. Hello Michael.
7: Um
8: Alex, in your prepared remarks, I think I heard you mention that you expect Golder's contribution to WSP's 2021 results to be better than originally expected. Uh, I'm wondering if you can provide some additional details uh, on that comment, including which areas uh, are coming in stronger than than originally expected.
3: Well, we started our discussion uh, late in the summer last year. So, of course, uh, we were in the middle of uh, right in the middle of the pandemic, Michael. And uh, of course, when we agreed to price and negotiate a price, uh, I was also taking into consideration the forecast for the remainder of the year and, and not knowing when the end of the pandemic would would, would come from, uh, when the pandemic uh, would end essentially. So So of course, when you compare uh, our due diligence forecast uh, at the time, and, and at the time of the announcement to where we are today, I think it's fair to say that, uh, you know, I'm, I feel we are in a, a better environment. Uh, and I also, uh, you know, I had not planned for a Biden election uh, when we uh, did this deal. I think we were hoping for that, but uh, nobody was planning for this. So so I look at, uh, you know, the, wor- the, the way the world is shaping up right now around um around, uh, this this and market, earth and science, and earth and environment, I'm sorry, sciences, and uh, I'd say that we have very good momentum right now, and if we do this right, uh, I think that uh, the expertise that we have at WSP combined with Goldthr, I think, uh, will create amazing uh, synergistic benefits, and um, I I think this year is not any different than what I expect in the future. I think we uh I'm I'm confident that we may be doing a, a bit better or better than um what we had planned for early on when we announced this deal.
8: Okay, that's helpful. Uh thanks Alex. And and just maybe one one follow on to that. Does the, the better momentum that you're seeing um right now is that is that captured in the guidance range that you've given uh, and reaffirmed uh, last night and today or is is that uh lead you to a situation where there could be upside to that range
3: well why't provide guidance this is this is more of an art than a science uh at the end of the day michael i think you you provide a range that you believe uh, you will hit and you provide a range that you believe is is realistic you don't want it to be too conservative you don't want it to be uh, overly aggressive uh so I'd say that this morning uh i'm feeling let's put it this way this morning i'm feeling uh with what i know today i'm i'm feeling quite good about this uh this, this outlook
8: okay that's helpful um, a, a fair bit of discussion on the call thus far about the the ramping up of uh, headcount to execute the work program that you have in front of you can you talk a little bit more about um, about how we should be thinking about that headcount growth uh, over what period you see that happening in what regions if it if it differs at all by regions just just a little bit more color on on all of that would be helpful
3: this is a <laughs> This is, uh, you're reading my mind. I mean, look, I'm getting a report every week on this. Uh, I'm very focused on on making sure that the ramp up of our people is taking place and and making sure we attract the right talent uh, and the business. As I stated previously, I'm not concerned right now about the work. We're winning more than our share of work. I think what I want is to make sure that we convert this backlog in revenue. And in order to do that, we're gonna need more people. Uh, and and that's, as I stated before, a good problem to have. But nevertheless, that's something that we have to to tackle. Um, So so the hiring process is is very, very active. Any country you would name right now, uh, I think it's it's very, very active, and um, uh, we'll see where it's going to lead us, uh, but the team is very much focused on this right now.
8: Okay, uh, and then just lastly, I, I know you've reaffirmed your full year 2021 guidance, um, but I'm just looking at the organic growth portion of that guidance two to five percent for the year. Um, any change at all in the in the various regions you'd, you'd previously provided some comments around how you expected the the various segments or regions to to fare in 2021 Just wondering if there's been any change there if that's all reaffirmed.
3: No, not at this point. It's still early days, Michael. I think it's uh, 90 days in the year. Uh, there's a long way ahead. Um, we'll see where, you know, how we're going to do in, in Q2, and, and this, and, and what we're going to be required to, to deliver in three and four to, uh, to assess whether we think uh, this is uh, the right, uh, the right guidance at this point in time. Uh, but remember that we're minus 4.5 in the first quarter. So in order to get to, let's say five, uh, you know, just do the math. In two, three, and four again, you know, we're going to deliver. We're going to need to deliver a good quarters. So that's why I'm saying it, it's too early to call, and uh, we'll, we'll monitor this very closely. And uh, we'll have another discussion in August.
8: Okay. Thanks very much. Thank you.
1: Your next question comes from Devin Dutch of BMO Capital Markets. Your line is open.
9: All right. uh, Thank you. Um, So, Alex, you know, culture is is a big focus at WSB. It's something you spend a lot of time on. You know, so with, you know, hiring ramping up, uh, but we're still primarily in a, you know, work from home or at least a hybrid work environment uh, in a lot of places. You know, can you talk about the approach you're taking to onboarding these new hires to ensure that the, culture at WSP is maintained?
3: Uh, Extremely good question. We're very focused on this. Of course, uh, we didn't believe uh, a year ago that uh, we could do all of what we're doing now remotely and and, uh, hiring is is not any different. Uh, This week I I conducted (laughs) uh, interviews uh, for the hiring of an executive at WSP and I have done it through teams and, uh, you know I think we're working uh, this out uh, you know very nicely and I know that uh, you know the accountability of recruiting the right people in the business at WSP is not with HR uh, it lies with our operation and with our leaders uh, so um, of course uh, you know we've developed tools and, and we know the skill set that we're looking for uh, but uh, the way to maintain uh, culture uh, at WSP Devon is to make sure that uh, our leaders are rolling up their sleeves and they know what we need and we know what uh, a good consultant at WSP stands for. And, and having uh, you know, all of our leaders um, um, you know, helping and in, in, in recruiting the right talent is, to me, the, the, the secret sauce. So, so I think um, you know, we're, we're doing fairly well on, the, on that front.
9: Okay, that's a good color. Thank you for that. Um, and maybe can you comment on what uh, you're seeing from your U.S. state and local clients, and if the reopening and stimulus measures have started to translate into into more projects uh, moving ahead?
3: It's tough to it's tough to know for sure. Uh, but to your question, I would assume yes, uh, of course. Uh, so so to be seen. Uh, of course, we're, we're now seeing some of our largest hubs are reopening gradually. So I think this is good news. You look in the UK, things are, are reopening gradually. I think in the US, we see an increased level of activity. I expect Canada uh, two, three months from now to be in a good position. I think anything, you know, and if, if, uh, you know, maybe three months from now, we may be in a much better position. With the vaccination rate going up, uh, you're looking at the Australia doing well. Uh, Asia, essentially, all of our folks in Asia are essentially back to work full time. Uh, so I think you know I, I'm seeing a lot of good positive momentum, and, and hope that uh, you know covenant, government spending will follow and, and, and be in a good position. But the long story short is, I believe the underlying trends in that in this industry are good and they will remain solid for for years to come.
9: Okay, thanks for that. Uh, Congrats on the good quarter. I'll turn it over.
1: Thank you, Devin. Your next question comes from Frederic Bastien of Raymond James. Please go ahead, your line is open.
4: Bon matin, Monsieur.
3: Bon matin, Frederic.
4: Um, Guys, I hopped on the call late, so I apologize if you've touched on this already, but um, I was hoping to get more color on your pipeline of MA opportunities, are the targets on your wish list mainly comprised of companies that you were engaged with prior to COVID,
3: or or have you been able actually in the, in the last couple of months or last twelve months to to
4: engage with new companies and and move move forward on those?
3: No, we I'd say, uh, Frederick that uh, we've engaged many of uh, the deals. Uh, I take B plus B uh, in Switzerland. That's a deal that uh, we have been in touch on for. Two, three years so this was pre COVID but then uh, you take EarthCon that we announced late last year this was a, a COVID year uh, discussion so uh, I'd say it's a mixture uh, but uh, we are able to a bit like the question on 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 the hiring process and how do you preserve culture in a remote work environment you know we've developed <laughs> ways of of, of engaging uh, with third parties on the acquisition front uh, in a different way. I've, I've conducted virtual tour in a number of countries uh, during the pandemic, and I've been able to engage with companies that um, I had never engaged with in the past, and, and we'll, we'll continue to do that. So I'd say, Fred, that it's a, a mixture of, of pre-COVID relationships, but also uh, newly built relationships. Okay, and are you seeing sort of, just the intensity of the level of of opportunities—is it similar to what it may have been uh, two, three years ago, or have you seen accelerate or decelerate? I, I think M&A globally is, is is very very active right now, and I expect it to to be uh, very active for for the next 24 months. I mean, you you, you see the number of SPACs that uh, have been created in the last uh, 12 months, uh, and you know, uh, I think they have 200 billion dollar of, of 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 capital to deploy in the next 24 months. Uh, you look at uh, you know the health of uh, the fundraising efforts in private equity firms. I think there's a lot of capital in the system. so so I do expect a, a very active uh, uh, M&A market uh, for for the next few years and and increased uh, competition. Uh, but that's always normal when uh, you know, you expect a very strong GDP growth. So so we'll see uh, how, how it plays out, but uh, definitely I do expect a lot of activity.
1: Okay, merci. Thanks,
4: Alex.
3: Merci.
1: Your next question comes from Dimitri Kmelnitsky of Veritas. Your line is open.
10: Uh, hello, uh, good, uh, good talking to you. Uh, and thanks for taking my call. Uh, can you uh, please explain the uh, disconnect between positive organic uh, growth and backlog and negative organic revenue growth? Uh, what drives that?
3: Well, it's, uh, it's quite simple. The, the backlog is a good reflection of what we may expecting in the future. Uh, and uh, the negative organic growth in the quarter is you know, what took place uh, in the past. And uh, so, of course, that's why the backlog is oftentimes a good trend of, of what we may be experiencing in the future. There's no guarantee because you need to translate this backlog into revenue. And that's why this morning I've said that hiring uh, you know, the right people and the right number of people is, is, is very important. Uh, but that's typically the, 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 the rationale behind it. And there's phasing associated with the, also with the backlog.
10: Okay. And, and um, in the past, uh, you uh, included, sorry, you excluded amortization of uh, intangibles. Uh, yes. Uh, in, uh, in the uh, adjusted earnings, uh, going forward, you will be uh, excluding that. Uh, what was the rationale? And you were probably you know, one of the extremely few companies that include amortization of intangibles uh, in uh, adjusted earnings metric, uh, which was uh, extremely conservative. Um, what was the rationale for inclusion uh, of this amortization in the past, um, and why did you decide to uh, stop doing that following Golder acquisition?
0: well
3: giving uh, given the sheer size of the acquisition of golder, we thought that providing you with uh, additional color uh, on the uh, amortization of intangible would assist you in and and predicting and and having you know better comparison against companies that uh, are not necessarily uh, uh having to deal with the, with the, you know uh, th- that type of acquisition growth i think you know, for you to be in a position to better compare us uh, to our peer group, uh, we thought that we would be providing you with, with that additional color. And it's, at the end of the day, it's only to assist you with formalizing a better view, and that, there's nothing more than that. Mm-hmm.
10: Understood. Okay, thank you.
3: Thank you.
1: Your next question comes from Sabahat Khan of RBC Capital Markets. Your line is open.
0: All right, great. Thanks and good morning. Um, there's been some discussion of, you know, rehiring process going forward, and I think one of your global peers recently indicated that if some of this infrastructure spend does pass, you know, the U.S. design market could grow by 15 to 20 percent, and presumably all your peers will be out hiring as well. I'm just thinking, you know, what are some of the strategies you're planning to implement? To make sure that you get the right amount of people, as you indicated that is your biggest concern right now, you know into the seats at the right time, so maybe some color on you know, kind of how you're approaching that strategy
3: look I mean we're making tremendous effort with universities to recruit the best talent. Uh, you know our brand is is very important, but also engineers want to come to work for a firm uh, that is, is working the most complex and iconic projects so so taking the time to explain the expertise that we have in house, and and also the vision and what we intend to uh, to do in the future is something that is quite appealing to uh, to the young workforce. And, and more importantly, I think taking the time to explain you know uh, the the working environment and the vision and the ambitions that we have uh, for the future, I think the, the new working environment will be, I, I believe, a, a huge market differentiator. Uh, so that that too is something that we're, we're keeping in mind uh, so look at the end of the day is just to uh, take the time to explain who we are how we work uh, and why we do it um, and um, I think you know historically we've been quite successful uh, we have a very strong brand in, 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 in all the countries where we operate so, so I'm confident that we're going to get there but this is a, 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 a you know a, a big ramp- up exercise and that's something that we're working on right now
0: all right, thanks. And then you indicated that in Asia, you know, a lot of your staff, or most of it, they have come back to the office. And mm-hmm. I think on the last call, you indicated that you'll take a you know, slow and steady approach to thinking how the work environment changes, if at all. You know, any learnings there? Are you noticing anything in that market or that you might be able to apply to North America once it are reopened? Or is it sort of things back to normal and just continue?
3: No, no, I don't think it's never going to be back to normal. I think we, we need to to forget this. I think we we need to look at this differently. Uh, I think flexibility is something that um, uh, is going to have to be part of our our new working environment. Having said all that, uh, in my personal opinion, to come up with a a global view, global principles and guiding principle around what's, what's our WSP? What's our view? What's our view of the working environment of the future? Uh, You've seen banks making some announcements, and so this is our view. You saw Morgan, you saw Goldman Sachs, and you saw the tech world um, uh, applying their own visions on on what they think life will look like. Uh, We are going to do the same thing for for WSP. All I am saying is, uh, I believe the answers will come naturally. And with the benefit of time, uh, we will really get exactly what our people are looking for. And what I said is before announcing that we're going to cut our real estate by 30, 40 percent and make all sorts of announcements. Uh, I believe that uh, from a cultural point of view, I, I need to hear from our people and, and, and do what's right for the business in the longer term and, and, and what's right for you know the younger generation. At the end of the day, that's, you know, they are the leaders of the future. So just need to take the time to assess what's right uh, for our environment, what's right for our industry, what's right for our business. And what I said in the past is uh, we need the benefit of time to assess what will be the best course of action. Uh, We are formalizing a view uh, um, as we speak and and when the time is right, we'll we'll make an announcement. And and, and I agree that it's gonna have to be made uh, sooner rather than later. So we're working on it right now.
0: Great. And then just one last one for me, I guess, you know, one of the things your industry has had to do and yourself is, you know, identify where the puck is going in terms of end markets, you know, water and environment have been quite active and growing areas. You know, if you look forward beyond the pandemic, you know, which end markets are you preparing to grow and where do you see the opportunity over the next three, five years?
3: Yeah. uh, I have an idea. I'm not going to lie,
0: but uh, we are
3: working on rolling up our our next strategic cycle and, and putting together, in our next strategic plan. Uh, We actually officially kicked off uh, that process last week with our team members. So we're gonna take the time to uh, gather our thoughts around this, take the time to reflect uh, during 2021 on where we wanna take the business forward and and when the time is right and when we unveil our next plan, that's when I believe uh, I should be making this, this announcement. Great, not so not that I don't want, not that I don't want to talk about it today, but we just need a bit of time to gather our thoughts, take the time to reflect, and and uh, I don't mean to be abrupt in any way. I'm just saying that we're going to be unveiling our plan early next year, and and right now I think we should be focused on delivering what we have, uh, and take the time to decide where we want to grow next.
0: Oh, great, that makes sense. Appreciate the color.
3: Hey, thank you.
1: There are no further questions at this time. I'll turn the call back over to the presenters for closing remarks.
3: Well, thank you uh, everyone for attending this call this morning. We look forward to updating you in Q2. Uh, Thank you for your support and if uh, we can answer any question offline, please do not hesitate to reach out. Thank you very much and have a great day.
1: And this concludes today's conference call. Thank you for participating. You may now disconnect. This is the end of conference. Thank you for your participation. Please, please.
8: When everyone is on the same page, getting things done is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that enables your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said. Done.
11: Do you have that one piece of clothing you keep going back to no matter how full your closet is? Having a versatile, high-quality favorite feels great, but having a whole closet of them feels even better. American Giant puts the quality, durability, and comfort they're famous for into everything from t-shirts and jeans to sweatshirts and jackets. And of course, their legendary best hoodie ever. So you can fill your wardrobe with the pieces that will get you through your spring days, like the lightweight joggers and pullovers in the French Terry collection, or the rich and polished premium Slub Crew tee. Whether you're dressing for work, the gym, or happy hour, American Giant makes something that's sure to be your next closet go-to. And it's all made in America and designed to last a lifetime. Find a closet staple for every part of your day at American Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use Staple 20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American Giant.com. Promo code STAPLE20. What's spring like in Park City, Utah?